Hello, welcome to the Hairdresser Strong Show. I'm your host, Robert Hughes, and I'm back again with Tony and Corey, co-host of your day off podcast at Hairdistry. Today, we're going to get their insights since they talk to so many hairdressers and owners and educators and influencers. What type of trends are we seeing in the industry? Uh, but first, if the anybody who has not did not see the first episode or are not familiar with you guys, would you just introduce yourselves, please? Yeah, it's uh, my name is Corey, and uh, I've been in the industry for thirty years. And uh, just a few years ago, four years ago now, we've uh, we started a podcast that uh, we you know we get to talk to um, to uh, you know hair experts and in, in, in yada yadas. Yeah, um, I'm Tony, and if uh, if you go back, listen to the first podcast we did with Rob. Uh, you'll know that Corey and I we've been best friends since high school, and uh, you know we kind of have the same hair journey. Yeah, it's awesome. And the, the journey is so good. So definitely, if you all did not watch that last episode, go back and check it out. Uh, well, today we're talking about uh, trends in the industry, and we're specifically going to be talking about, you know, in the last episode, you actually mentioned, brought up something that you noticed with COVID impacting people um, moving from salons into suites and people who had suites opening salons. Uh, I don't know if that's a place to start or if there's a, if there's some some other trend that's definitely like, that you're noticing that uh, you think we should start on the, the what's been top of mind for us is one is, is Tony and I are incredibly fortunate. And uh, last year, meaning 2021, we did a lot of uh, traveling. We, um, we actually over a three month period, we ended up at seven different shows. So we were, you know, just about every other weekend or a little bit more than every other weekend, you know, we were at different like um, national shows. Um, and the one thing that stood out, and we've talked about this on our podcast, the one thing that stood out is the need, the want, the interest in in-person um, education. You know, a lot of the shows that we went to, there wasn't a lot of brand support. You know, a lot, um, 2021, the brands pretty much shut down. And, but what that did is that allowed a lot of independent education to be available to these shows. And dude, we would like walk by classrooms and you couldn't get in. Like the classrooms were absolutely packed with people. It, it just, it, it said to me that like in-person 2020, 2022 is the year of in-person education. You know, I'm convinced of it and I'm sure that we're going to see a lot of it. Um, whether it's like, like we're doing a regional show, whether it's a regional show or whether it's a national show, like I, I definitely see that as, as the need in our industry. Yeah. And, and like to, to talk about what, what you just talked about in the beginning talking about people moving to salon suites and i think covid had a lot to do with that because pre-covid you know what i mean that there's always one or two spaces available in our studios and uh but since covid and and going through that um and you know it's hard to find a studio because um you know people are coming to to these studios because it's more intimate. It's more private. It might be one, maybe two hairdressers in a, in a, in a studio and it's le less people. So client, our clients are feeling a lot more comfortable. Um, so you're, you're starting to see the, you know, a lot more studios in the DC area and throughout the country opening up. And I think it has a lot to do with that because it's, it's more intimate. I'd be interested to like, uh, I'd be interested to see if, if regular, uh, you know, like W2 salons um, in the future, like building out now, I wonder if like, 
you know, like I think now, like the rule is, Robin, maybe you know the number to this, but I think the rule is like 10 square feet per station or something. Like there's some kind of like, you know, rule. I wonder if that gets extended to like 15 feet per station. Like I wonder if we're going to see like stations be further apart um, uh, in, in a regular salon. Yeah, because most hairdressers at one point want to open up a open up their own salon. And so I think the, the, the studio is a stepping stone to do that because they learn how to run their own business. And then once you learn how to run your own business, then they can open up a suit, uh, open up. And we've seen quite a few people uh, come into the studio suites and learn how to run their own business and went out and opened up salons and, and, and being successful at it. Yeah. That's it's actually uh, amazing. If you think, if you think about it as an, sorry, Rob, I stepped on you again. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's just interesting to see like, as an industry that, that you have that stepping stone, right? Because when we were coming up, like you didn't have that stepping stone, right? Like if you wanted to open a salon, you, you, you destroyed the relationship that you had with your, with your salon owner. And then you moved across the street, you took half the <laughs> staff and you opened your own salon, but it's all that you knew. But now we kind of have that stepping stone. Like one, is it something that you want to do? You know, once you, once you realize what all the work is and, and yeah. the effort that it takes and, and, you know, speaking for us, we don't even manage people, you know, which right. is a whole different level to, to this as well. But it's really nice that we, that, that, if you're going to open a salon that you can use that as a stepping stone, that's kind of like a proving ground. You know, I, uh, this is an interesting uh, conversation. Cause so uh, I like, uh, I like the idea. Okay. So one of my first episodes I did was actually Kuhn Tran, uh, which you guys know, and uh, anybody who doesn't know, they can go back and watch the first interview, but he's uh, one of the education, one of the education directors of uh, PR partners, which is where, we all met for those of you who didn't watch our first episode. Um, he was saying that uh, he saw like a lot of a lot of people who realized that they could the money that they could make when you cut out the hair salon. It was very appealing, and a ton of people did leave and go to go to suites, or people were thinking about it. And I was wondering, you know, how long, if ever. Do the people that go independent, are there going to be people who go and realize that the work is not what they want to do? Because if you're some hairdressers I talk to, they like the idea of being independent and having control, but they don't want to do the work. They want to kind of show up, do hair and leave, maybe swing by like a color, like go grab some color now and then. But other than that, um, do you all have any experience with that? I mean, listen, if this is going to be a totally honest and frank conversation, yeah, that's what I talk about all the time in my own head, right? Like, like, like if a commission salon, if I was talking to a commission salon, you know, what's the appeal? Well, the appeal is that I can show up five minutes before and I can leave five minutes later. You know, I don't have that option in my salon, you know, like, like I'm at, I, I, I absolutely am in my salon an hour early every single day to do the stuff that needs to be done, whether it's, you know, wiping down a chair or folding towels or doing paperwork or whatever. And, and, and that doesn't end. I mean, you know, it becomes, once you own, whether you own a salon or whether you're independent, that's your job 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You know, it's definitely something that, that, that you always have to be monitoring. Um, you know, so the appeal is, you know, but for me, that's the only appeal is like, oh, five minutes there, five minutes, you know, five right. minutes before, five minutes after. And someone else deals with all the other stuff, you know, um, but go ahead. I would say even if you get a, say, a 20, 25 percent pay raise, you're working for that 20, 25 percent. It's not it like free. No, it's not free. Right. So there's right. extra work. But for me, what I love is that I dictate my schedule. So if I need to take off to do to 
when Corey and I are on the road, I can take off that Saturday or whatever day and make it up or not make it up. And it's on me. I don't have to worry about someone telling me, um, you know what I mean? You got to make this day up or you're, you're, you can't take off this Saturday or, or things like that. So you do have that kind of independent, but that, that extra money that you're making, you are truly working for it. It's yeah. not, it's not like a, a, a pay raise. I mean, you're still working for that money. I mean, it, it's more money in your pocket, but it's extra work. Yeah. But you know what I mean? If, if you don't like the work, then the salon's atmosphere was, is perfect for me. When I was raising my kids when they were young, it was perfect for me. You know what I mean? Um, because I wanted to be home. I wanted to be with my kids. So I knew, like Corey said, five minutes before, five minutes after, I'm gone. Peace. I don't have to worry about nothing. I can go home and be with my family. You know what I mean? Now that I have my kids are grown, I have all the extra time. And, you know, I can spend as much time as needed to run my business. Yeah. So what What about, um, what about uh, people who, let's say... Like, and this also came up in the previous interview, just like one tiny little soundbite um, that I really kind of latched onto uh, was about, or maybe it was this interview, but, and maybe I'm combining a bunch of things together, but mm -hmm. um, there was this part about, you know, leaving the salon because you're not happy with your boss or the way things are going. And, uh, and, you know, I would like to hear y'all's perspective on, you know, if a stylist, which from when I talk to like independents, there are is a lot, pretty large percentage of them. I would maybe not half, but maybe half. Uh, they left because of unfortunate circumstances or toxicity or something like that. Not necessarily because they wanted more freedom or more or more control or uh, or they wanted to like decorate the place they wanted to. It was really, they were trying to, they were leaving something that wasn't working and they couldn't find another salon to move to. And so like leave going back is hard because they have this PTSD from, you know, horrible bosses. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on, on that? Well, I, I think, I think we have to, once again, we have to have an honest conversation about this. And if you're saying that 50% of the people are leaving toxic situations, I would, I would make the argument that 50% of them created toxic situations within themselves. And what I mean by that is, is not necessarily that it wasn't toxic, but, but whenever we, whenever the human, the human experience I'm talking about, not hairdressing, but within the human experience, whenever we move on to something new, that old thing wasn't worth my time or my energy anymore. You know, and, and we create this story that we tell ourselves and that we tell people about why you had to leave that, you know, and I think that's just once again, that's just the human experience. And that's how we kind of deal with stuff. You know, like I certainly know that the few times that I've left salons that I've done that, I will not do that in the future because now I've kind of I've kind of been learned that like, you know what, that's not the best of me. And I'm always striving to be the best of me. And 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 I'm not saying that there's not toxic toxic situations. I'm not saying that there's not unfair stuff, but you kind of have to really sit back and go, what did I learn from that situation? And in the entire story, not the last minute, but in the entire story, what did I take from that situation? And was it in fact, um, was it in fact a, a terrible situation that I had to leave? Or was it just time for you to move on? Because I also believe that, you know, we have the ability to just move on if it's time. A lot of times we have and I'll, I'll, I'll be complete honest with my situation. When I left PR and partners, you know what I mean? I started to saying, you know, 
uh, you guys are not fulfilling me. You guys are, it's not their responsibility to fulfill me. He has a business plan. He allowed me to grow as much as I can grow under that business plan, right? He is not responsible for my happiness in, in the sense of a hairdresser, right? He provided everything he could and I took, and I did everything I could to be the hairdresser I, I am. It was, I just outgrew it, right? And so instead of me pointing the fingers and blaming, as I, in the beginning, I, I felt like I started to do, I'm like, you know what? I'm in control of my happiness. I am in control of, of, of me as a hairdresser. It's just time for me to move on. You know what I mean? It, by, and that's okay, too. That is 100% okay. It, and I moved on. But if I would have stayed there, I would have I made it a to- to- toxic situation. And I would have said, you know what? It's Reg's fault. It's, it's PR partner's fault. It wasn't. It's me. You know what I mean? I removed myself from that because it was just time for me to move on. Just that simple. That's so good. That's so good. I'm 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 actually really happy you said that. You know, while while I, I I like both your points. You know, about while there are toxic situations, and uh, you got to figure out how to navigate that. I do. You know, I can definitely relate. Like, uh, you know, if I'm unhappy, then everything around me is not is looked seen through that lens of my unhappiness. And uh, with self-reflection, uh, I definitely think that I can navigate that a lot better. But it really does take owning up and taking some responsibility. Um, that's so deep. I love that. <laughs> that's and, and, so good. You know, great. I'm sorry. I was going to uh, kind of just change the subject real quick because we're talking about trends and stuff. There's two. There's Salon Evo and Barbara Evo, two new salon uh, magazines in our industry. Uh, you're talking about quality paper, quality magazines. Uh, we are blessed to have um, a uh, column, a column in, in in these magazines. But if if you get an opportunity to subscribe, to get online to look at them, uh, you're talking about a company, and they're they're out of uh, Scotland and England, but they're a company that uh, are really kind of like on the same same wavelength as we are to elevate the industry, and they're bringing on all these. Uh, whether it's brands, independent educators, salon educators, or, or whatever, they're there bringing these people in, and they're trying to do their best to to empower the hairdresser. Yeah, they're, the magazine's interesting because they are like hairstylist focused, right? Like if you go to like some of the older magazines, you know, you kind of see like, oh, well, they're fulfilling this article because they have a relationship with X brand. You know, they're kind of working the other way around about, they're kind of doing it the other way. And what they're doing is they're really elevating the hairdresser who happens to have brand relationships, not the, not the brand relationships that are trying to elevate hairdressers, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So they, uh, they basically, it's like a for hairdressers by hairdressers kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and it's not, it's not by hairdressers, um, except, I mean, we have a column, so I guess that, yeah, by hairdressers. Yeah. but I mean, yeah. they're definitely like a, they're definitely a publishing company, um, that, that, that does it, but dude, the paper is quality. The, 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 it just looks like a very, it looks like a, what do they call that? Like a coffee table, like magazine. It's just, the quality is so yeah. superior. Nice. All right. Well, uh, we'll make sure to put the, the, uh, links and stuff in the comments below. Uh, so I want to, I if you're taught so all right so going back to something uh that you that we were talking about in the event that a hairdresser wants to make that change to go back to uh to leave the suite and go back to a salon um you know, do you see that uh 
you know, they destroy the hairdresser. They've been really promoting this concept of the future. They're, they keep pushing this idea that the future of salons is uh, commission-based salons that run like independent salons. Have you all seen that at all or, or I, have I any mean, thoughts I've about I've heard about that? it, but I haven't, I, I haven't, uh, is the word dove in, dived in? I haven't dove yeah. into to what it actually means. Like, I, like I, I don't know what that means or, or how you set it up. I mean, I definitely think that hybrid salons are a thing. Um, we've done, we've done some content on hybrid salons and, and how that could work. Um, we, uh, you know, to run both the W2 and a 1099, um, there we, we, we've done some content on that. Uh, and we have some, but you know, even the, even the content that we've done, a lot of people also are shying away from it. Right. Like, well, like, like hybrid, like hybrid, like have to have 1099 and W2 employees in, in your space. Now, yeah, you know, I would check. Uh, I, I think it, it creates, it's not great for morale, maybe on the, on the floor, you know, like, like, like if you're 1099, like by law, nobody can make your hours. You have to make your own hours. Right. So, right. uh, and then, but by W2, like somebody else is making your hours. So I think that, I think that, that unless you have the very, very special people to do that, then I, I think that there can be conflict on the floors and by special people, I mean, everybody, right. Everybody um, yeah. in there. Um, but it's part of the evolution, right? So it's, it's as people experiencing or trying to develop the hybrid, it's, it's evolving and it's learning, you know what I mean? Sure. Because as is a great idea on paper. And then when you start to put it to execute it, and then you got the, some people who are making their own schedule and they got the people that are, have the schedule set for them. And they're like, well, how come Corey's not here today? How come Corey gets to take off Saturdays? Right. And, and, you know what I mean? So because Corey's a independent or he's, you know what I mean? He's a 1099. So trying to work through those bugs and that and eventually we'll, figure it out but it's like you know it's evolving and and but i think the future will be a hybrid because you know if it, right. because if pr partners had a hybrid i probably would never left you know what right. i mean right. well okay sorry sorry to cut jump in so i that's actually where i was trying to i was hoping that you would go um so the question that i got for both of you is if you there was a salon that would allow you to make your own hours and cancel and reschedule, you know, as you need based on your needs as a family, as a human, and as a po as podcasters who travel and stuff. Um, would that be something that would you give up the the owning your own spot? Only if they had clicks hair color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. uh, oh man, that click stuff. Talk about a trend. Uh yeah. talk about something revolutionary. Have you all used that yet? We've, I mean, again, being on the show circuit, like we are, we're on with clicks and we're very, very, very friendly with the, with, with the people at clicks. Um, we've seen it in action at the shows and that thing is my, yeah, C-L-I-C-S, do yourself a favor and like, just watch it. it. It's like very, very, when you go to these shows and we've all been to the shows, you know, like every year there's something new that's going to change the industry. I'm telling you, this has, I'm not going to say it's going to change the industry, but it certainly has the ability to change the industry. The way that you uh, do color, the way that you inventory, um, our good friend, Chris Benson has the best line ever about clicks. And he says, why have a color line when you can have them all? 
because it's it, it's it's app based. They know everybody's formula from Redkin to Tony and Guy to you, whoever, well, uh, whoever, 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 whoever it is that you can put in a Wella six N and it'll make you a Wella six N. You can. It's it's like going to Home Depot and buying paint. You know, you just yeah. That's good. That's product. a good analogy yeah. and, and whether it's benjamin moore whether it's sherwin williams they can produce it for you it is revolutionary man and it's what a great and then the, the box is like what the box is only like a few feet wide and a couple feet yeah. deep and you don't even need the whole color dispenser anymore you just have this one box you put you punch in the thing you stick your bowl in and it produces the color uh, uh, and, and, i mean way we, more than that yeah wait i mean like you Robbie, this is so crazy. Like we work for them now or something. But like when you have the bowl, <laughs> look, look, when you have the bowl and you do Sally's hair, if you have color left in the bottom of the bowl, you put that bowl back in. The computer knows that it's Sally's bowl. And then it totally reformulates your uh your formula. So next time she comes in, you don't waste that three grams. I mean, it's mind-blowing and it does all the work for you. If you're independent, it's all app-based. And if you're a salon owner, here's what's crazy is that you don't even pay for the color until it's in the bowl. Yeah, that's so, like amazing. you don't pay for any yeah. of the inventory like you pay for it when it's in the bowl. You know, and yeah. by the way, if 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 it, if like I think it could work in like an independent salon situation because everybody pays for their color. So because it's app based, they know exactly who took that color out of inventory and it can charge them accordingly. I'm I'm blown away by this product. But I'm going to go back. I, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to go back to your question. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Dude, the salon, you know what I mean? You mean the salon that Robbie's trying to open? Yeah. <laughs> if I was the owner of that salon, that chair has to make X amount of money, right? So right. I, I can be like, Robbie, you make your own schedule, do what you got to do. But this is what I, but this is what I, I had, you have to guarantee me every week or every month yeah. from this chair in order for me to, to make my business survive. Right. So I don't care how you do it. You can come in at one o'clock in the morning. If that's who you are as a hairdresser, you do you, but by you doing you, you got to do, you got to, you got, you know, you have a weekly rent that you must pay. And if you cannot pay that, then obviously then you cannot do you, you know what I mean? So there's a way for right. that to work, but yeah. Um, but, but you, you know, so like I, go ahead. Sorry. So, so as, as a, so if, if I was a hairdresser that I would go to a salon, you know what I mean? There's gotta be, there's gotta be expectations for that hairdresser. Uh, that, that are we talking, through. are we talking W2 or 1099, 1099 so, or a W2, well, or whatever, I, I, it could be a W2, but you make your own, he's trying to make a W2 employee happy as an independent, as an independent. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess yeah. it would, uh, it depends on the actual structure, but like, uh, what the destroy the hairdresser saying is commission based salons run like independent salons. So I'm assuming they mean W2. I don't know, but, um, like whether you're W2 or not, if someone comes in and says, Hey, do you want flexibility? You have to have this minimal annual guarantee or minimal monthly guarantee. Then are you going to, you know, that's not far off from paying rent in a studio, and if that number is comparable, then that would make you feel uh, you wouldn't feel like pressure to bring in, you know, to perform uh, and bring in that money because you're already used to it. So that transition process, I guess. Well, it, it's productivity based and not like not like client based. Right. Like, like yeah, you're just saying, right. here's the numbers. Right. Yeah. Like, like 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 
I don't know what that number is, but you know, this chair has to create $3,000 a bit. If, if it's a W2 employee, right. If it's a 1099, you're on your own. Right. But it, this chair has to produce $3,000 a week. And like Tony said, I don't care if you do it at 2 AM, if you think you can right. do it and you want it, you want to come in at 12, but, but here's, here's what it's going to cost you. You know, right. and now with that, if maybe, you can do it in two days a week, then Hey, more power to you. Yeah. As long as you're, as long as you're making that $3,000 a week on that chair, I don't care how you do it. And that's right. kind of like the, I like, I, yeah, I like that, man. I yeah, like that. I mean, I mean, there are. There, I don't know anybody who's doing doing that uh, with the with the with the demand of the minimum, but um, you know, it's just similar. It sounds similar to booth rental, uh, except for uh, you. It sounds exactly like a booth rental. Would you ever? Would you all ever go do a booth rental? I mean, and why I, or why not? Hold on, hold on. I want to dive into something else real quick. So, but if you did that model that Tony's talking about, you would you couldn't have a guaranteed station either. Right. Like it would have to be you would have to be a floating station because 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 then the, a, a, as as the owner now, I now you have to. Now we're going to have a bunch of these slots pop up. <laughs> but you would also you would have to have a floating station like you could be guaranteed a station, but not guaranteed your station because because there would have to be if everybody's going to be fluid, then there has to be fluidity within the station. Right. right? And like you could also if you had 20 stations, you also might be able to have 40 employees, let's say, but then have it have this floating station model um, or not. Probably well, that's 30. Right. So actually, um, and thanks for the introduction to Daniel Mason Jones. Uh, when I had him on the show, that's basically what he does. He is a commission W-2 salon, and he has a ton of people working, but he said they mostly just want to work like three days a week. So, so you know, you got to like piece it together like Legos. Uh, and uh, I'm sure it's like on these days, that's this person's chair. On these days, that's that person's chair. Um so it sounds like he's doing what maybe hair, the fear the hairdressers do uh, or destroy the hairdressers doing are talking about. It sounds like it. He said he changed his model a few years ago. And the whole conversation was about, you know, young people don't want to work the same way and they want to have more control and they want to have a say over the schedule. However, I don't think he has like a minimum. He didn't mention that, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't need it because he builds them and grows them, trains them, and then lets them pick their schedule. I guess you'd have to figure all that out too. Um, so I guess the question comes back in, assuming all those things, is that something that you guys would consider or do you like having that, um, you know, that, I, that space that's yours? I would, I mean, I would consider I, it. I would be up for the conversation. I yeah. mean, I, but you know, I, I'd be up for the conversation. I would be, I, it would be something that because it's a model that I don't know how it runs intimately. Like I do like a commission based salon or something like that. It would be a long thought out kind of like, let's put it on paper. Let's see how this looks. And you'd want to see it in action maybe even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and again, in a Daniel Mason's type way, like with really open books and stuff, you know, like I would want to totally. see it that way. Um, that's, what's great about Daniel, right? <laughs> like his books are totally transparent, but I'd like, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to see it that way and see if, if we can make it work. Um, and then, you know, of course, if you had clicks in there, you know, that'd be tempting as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that takes care of like the human need for, uh, image running inventory. I mean, for, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you know, to make it once again, a clicks commercial, like you don't even order inventory. They order it for you. They know, they know shit. which is, should be the way it should be. You know, there's this, uh, they have this, uh, there's a smart cabinet and, um, it's not available yet where you can like, 
uh, load it with your own stuff. They, they got bought by a company that only loads it with pre preloaded stuff. But the idea is you like scan your thumbprint or scan a QR code. When you open the thing, you reach in and it has all these sensors, kind of like Amazon stores maybe. Um, and kind then the and it charges you for the product. I'm like, well, that's a solution right there to the retail. You know, and then all of a sudden you can just, you don't even need a manager running. And then the books are, you know, you can get, you can connect the applications to do all the books and run, even run payroll, you know? So, um, anyway, well, maybe Amazon salon that opened up in London and apparently they're going to open one in, uh, in, um, in New York city. Maybe they're going to figure all this out, you know, with all the sensors and cameras and they got stations with cameras to like, for consultations and they're probably going to put hair on you. So you can be like, Oh, this is what you look like, you know, with this haircut, you know, yeah, when you're looking in the mirror, it has that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Future. You know, I'm into all that stuff, that future stuff. So anyway, um, all right. Well, uh, I think this, I think this has been awesome. So we got, uh, we got in, in, um, in, in person education. Uh, I totally, uh, I totally think that that's completely accurate. Like I, just even clients behind the chair, they're just so ready to like get out in the world. Um, so to think that, you know, hearing from you guys about uh, in-person education, you know, I think that's, that's a positive thing for a lot in a lot of ways, you know, it kind of shows that we're kind of moving, moving forward. Um, you know. We're moving forward and back at the same time. You know, we're moving forward yeah. to get, you know, the education that we it used sounds to Sounds like a tug of war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and virtual education was good, but I never really enjoyed it personally. I, I, mean, I think, listen, I think that I that's definitely here too. Like, we're definitely going to have a hybrid space when it comes to like virtual education and online education. You know, I think that you know we just COVID allowed us to to fast forward five years, but I also think that there's a strong space for us to uh, high five and um and hug and, and and be in each other's and be in each other's space. And like, you know, you're never going to get the one on one from like with a smaller show like we're doing you're never going to get the one-on-one time with the artist to say oh no no if you put your hands here you know this will work better you'll get the foil in better if your hands are positioned like this or or in a haircut um you know to kind of like actually grab your hand and and, and, totally. and do it you know you're not going to get that from when there's 150 people on a zoom call with you you know you're not going to get that intimate that's what intimacy is yeah right well, and I also, you know, I do, I agree with you that as the trend uh, conversation about the uh, education being virtual and here to stay, uh, I will say that these kids, these students in these schools are like light years ahead where I was coming out of school, man. It's just nuts. Like their Instagram, the hair they're doing is like, oh my gosh. And uh, so I think that they, and they attribute a lot of that to, they're just soaking it up on their phone. They're just consuming so much information. So I definitely think it's positive. Uh, I just, um, my personally, you know, I gotta, I gotta be in person and uh, I gotta, I gotta do hands-on. My thing is more hands-on than anything. Look and learn is, is fun and I get a lot out of it, but you know, I get three times as much out of a hands-on class uh, that I do look and learn. Absolutely. Same. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for sharing your insights in the industry. I know that you all talk to like top people and, and, uh, influencers and people, you know, movers and shakers in the industry. So it's, uh, it's good to hear y'all's insight on this stuff. And, um, I look forward to talking to y'all again soon. Is there any last, uh, pieces, uh, last, um, 
tips or uh, advice or anybody that watching this that, you know, is interested, you know, they're thinking about their future and uh, they want to, you know, make sure that they're on top of their game because, you know, things are constantly changing and evolving. Uh, any last pieces of advice or tips or thoughts? Well, I, I'll start with regret and, you know, a regret that I have in my industry and, and certainly in my career is that I didn't take the, I didn't take the time to learn more. I didn't take the time to learn how to updo. I didn't take the time to learn how to haircut um, because as trends move and as we move forward, um, as these trends move, you're going to need all those skills to, a, as your foundation. I wish I had cut hair because I am so intrigued by like doing like extensions, but I can't do extensions because I don't understand how the shape of hair works if that makes sense. I can do the color, like I can figure out the color and how to get the hair to blend, but how do I create a shape after that? So like that, that's something, I don't want to use the word regret because that sounds a little oversold a little bit, but I wish I had, I had more knowledge with, um, to, to be able to do that. Um, even updos, I kind of wish that I, I, I had worked on, on, on learning those shapes a little bit, even if I sucked at it, I kind of wish I took the opportunity just to kind of learn. So, you know, if you're an up and coming, uh, uh, a stylist, I would say like do every, never miss an opportunity you know, take advantage of all opportunities that you have, um, whatever you're le to learn, um, or to, to, to better your craft. And, and, and like, I'll just go back to what we touched on earlier is that you're responsible for your happiness. Be happy. Even if you're content or not content with what you're doing, but you're in control of your happiness. And if you're not content, then go find your, where you're going to be con your contentment. Don't blame others that you're not happy. You know what I mean? Hold yourself responsible and then go find your happiness. You know what I mean? Life is short. Your career's long. Go enjoy it. Don't, don't blame others. Yeah. Don't blame others. Cause you're not where you want to be. Don't blame. Others for like a quote right yep. <laughs> definitely gonna, we're definitely gonna put that as a quote for you, for you guys. That was, that was amazing. I love that. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure having you on the show, and I really appreciate your your insight and your time. And um, I look forward to seeing you all soon. Awesome, awesome Robbie. Thanks, man. Once yep. again, congratulations on all your success. And uh, until next time. Thanks. All right, guys. Peace.